2: Recorded live. Hello? Hello? Hi, this is Valerie. Hi, how are you? Okay, and you? Okay. Just waiting on Eunice, I think. Okay.
0: You just
3: got on? Huh?
4: You just got on the call or you've been on?
3: Yes, I just got on. Oh, okay. All right.
4: I wasn't sure. I had, uh, I couldn't tell from my computer. It's acting crazy. so. I know.
3: Yeah, I'm out of, uh, don't have internet access. They're telling me something that AT&T and ComEd was doing out here today. And I've been waiting on the guy to come. Well, they said he should be here before 8 o'clock. So, oh, um, wow. We'll see. Mm-hmm. My, my
4: uncle just got off the phone with Comcast because uh
3: uh-huh.
4: they they cut his service off. Mm. And he's he's been, you know, he's been paying it for 5 years. Um
2: mm-hmm.
4: uh, and he just called and they said, "Oh, well your service is discontinued." And he was like, "Well, who discontinued it? I didn't discontinue it." Oh. Just on this morning and so they transferred them back to sales and sales to send them back to tech and then finally the girl looked and she said, Okay, hold on a minute, and she flipped whatever switch and
5: it mm-hmm. came
4: back on. He said, Well who turned it off? Who and she says, Well nobody called and disconnected it. It was a glitch in our system.
3: Oh they it's too much. Yep. Uh, what's going
4: on? Oh. You know, you pay your money
2: mm-hmm. you would
4: think, you know, you they get your stuff right.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. So Yeah. I don't know. That's the
4: case. And then you pay too much? That's the thing. Or don't
3: forget
2: Comcast
3: also Xfinity, right. Yes. Oh, okay, yeah, they're expensive.
4: Yeah. So and I just got rid of AT and T. Just a month ago.
3: Did you? See, that's who I have my internet with, and and it's been problems, and it's like, okay. So, she told me she was sending a technician out. Yeah.
4: I went with WOW um, because they're cheaper. And I had Uh WOW before. Mm hmm. And I hadn't had any problems. So, because every time. You know, I do a bundle package or something like that. I had Internet. Mm-hmm. I had the cable and all that. And every time you look around, I'm paying like $200
2: and mm-hmm. something.
4: It keeps going up. No, so I was like, okay, I, you know, I, I don't know what to do with, with that except to turn it off. Mm-hmm. And I have been with them at the telephone and everything. I've been with AT&T at least. 15, more than that, 20 years. And you would think they would call and say, um, you know, we're sorry that you're leaving or, you know, it was like they sent me a bill for $800. Oh, no. It was because of the equipment. So they were going to charge me all the equipment. So when I returned the equipment, then they sent me a zero balance. And I'm like... (laughs) You know, at least I'm sorry. They didn't even ask me why I was leaving.
1: Mm-hmm. They just, you
4: know, I'm like, okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: So, obviously, you know, you got enough customers that one don't matter.
3: So. Yeah, well, that's yeah. Yeah, really poor customer service, though, on their part.
4: Uh huh. So, so, is Unison?
5: Hello.
4: Hello. Hi. Hi, sorry.
5: I'm sorry. I, I came to work today, y'all. Oh, wow. Same okay. On, same on you. No, boy, you're telling me some money. You got to do what you got to do.
3: Hey. hey, it's good for you this week. It's Mother's Day.
5: Yeah, so I did have <laughs> they a lady come. To me, mm-hmm. come out, I'm like, let me go in. So I came in. So.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Then I had three other people show up, so that was perfect. That helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now, Putting my coat on so I can get out the
4: door. Make sure I got all my keys in my glass. <laughs> okay. glass and my glasses. Okay. So uh now that we have successfully left one place <laughs> and move it to the next, um, you know, I guess the, the to talk about a plan of what we'll do uh with us being now at the boutique and whatever uh, the hours that we uh, have a consensus in being comfortable with uh, as well as being uh, the structure, the activity uh, that will happen um, at the boutique um, since it is, it is smaller. Um, but I think it it's it's a good place for a more intimate setting. Um, So I kind of just wanted to put it out there and get your thoughts. You know, I had a few thoughts. Um, I think I had sent you guys, while a couple years back uh, on an organization that I was studying um, that used to meet at a mall. Um, I think it was like a movie theater mall or something. And another organization, it was a group, and they have these, like, studies or whatever where it's a topic uh, that they discuss, and uh, that topic then is shared uh, with uh, other people that can join in. Um, It's almost like a network kind of thing, but it's theme-based, so there's... uh, a topic and a video and discussion and all of that kind of happens around this. I think it was called Green Life Tree or something tree. It was almost like the settings are at cafes and, you know, different places where kind of people come together and based upon the theme or topic all across, I guess, the United States, people are talking about the same topic and the same theme, Um, and there's this conversation that then happens with your local group. So I thought about something like that a while ago that we could maybe do or focus on. Um, uh, The other thing was having some kind of um, themes or settings um, so that we, you know, continue to... Although moving from one place to another, uh continuing to outreach and reach out to uh people that we witness to to be able to share with them um specific things that we're doing or talking about or discussions that we're having you know at the boutique at this location to be able to invite people to come on a more intimate setting. Um, because it is different, it, you know, so it's not a necessarily a church building, so it doesn't alienate people if they don't feel comfortable being in a church, um, but that it's kind of more of an open, open atmosphere. And, you know, with structuring it in a way that it is open to the point that we have a curriculum or we have – a structure um that we're able to share then with uh different people um, might be something to think about on an avenue that we can we can take or discuss um so I kind of just wanted to put it out there and get you guys thoughts about you know what you see um going forward. You know what what our activities look like on any particular days uh and also based upon uh you know units opening up uh, you know opening up the store um you know at a big business hours um so I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts and see and then us to just have a consensus on what we start out with. And then as we grow um, and kind of move along, we, you know, see how things work out. So,
3: Okay. I have a, so the, all right, Um, the theme-based, say theme topics, so it'll be more of a theme-based, and you said more uh, in the setting. So we're looking at the setting of the, the boutique. So are we saying then we would do this in lieu of a worship Sunday worship service and it would be more as you say like um what a a round table or a sit around as you said, something in a more intimate setting. So it'd be more so like that and we focus on a theme, would be a would it be a theme of the month or
4: Hold on, are you getting in the car or something?
5: No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm, 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 I'm just finding my keys. I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm trying to find my keys. I got them. I was about to get in the car. Go
4: ahead. Um, actually, no. I was thinking that oh. that could be in 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 connection with, with what we're already doing as far as worship. So, um, not that we would take worship out from a Sunday, but that since we now have this more intimate setting, that that could mm-hmm. be a consideration. It may be. That might be the style of a Bible study or a Sunday school kind of thing, uh, in addition to uh, just the worship itself. So it was just okay. another thought. It
3: wasn't to replace worship. Okay. But it's something we, then that we would we would limit it, though, to Sunday, right? Or And I guess Monday when Eunice's the business is closed. So, you, so we're saying we would only be able to do that then on Sunday and Monday?
4: uh yeah, yeah if we were talking about having some kind of bible study or some kind of uh sunday school or something that could be um either on it could be on a monday or it could be uh a sunday more of a sunday school setting prior to mm-hmm. uh worship uh or even you know based upon um and whatever hours even after the store closes, you know it. Maybe it's a Friday night thing. I don't know. I, you know, I'm just I just was throwing that out as another option um, outside of worship of something else we could do. So that's oh. what I was just of something mm-hmm. else. Mhm. Uh, and to be able to use the place, use her place again because it's more of an intimate setting that. Maybe it's uh, you know, with if we come up and have ideas of different themes and discussions, that then we can send invitations to different people that we think would enjoy or like and invite them out. It might be that we have uh a, a, a little snack or dinner or something, and that we sit around and have this conversation. That could be on a Friday night. I don't know. It you know it could be. So I'm kind of – that's why I said I leave that open as far as if that is a good idea. uh, How do we fit that into the time of the boutique? Um, I would think probably on average that if we did anything during the week, it would have to be after work for most people anyway. Uh, If we did things on the weekend – then with Eunice it would have to be after on a Saturday it would have to be after the boutique closes uh and of course then Sunday is then open uh for us um you know however she would allow us to be there so um i think those are some options but uh, you know i just kind of wanted to put that kind of thought process out uh because of where we're at now, I think it might be a good way of outreach uh, so that we continually are communicating um, with different individuals uh, and inviting them to come and share at this location. Um, And uh, another way of kind of networking, even to the point that then they know that we're there on Sundays for worship, so that if they want to come back on a Sunday, um, that then it will also grow um, our our worship and also grow uh, membership uh, or g- grow people that want to be a part of our worship um, with the bridge. So um, I'm just kind of thinking, you know, kind of out of the box and thinking, okay, how do we continually grow, you know, and I look at, If you look at uh, Joyce Myers and some other organizations that kind of started out, you know, they started out with very intimate settings and they were just Bible classes, Bible schools, um, teaching, that kind of thing that now, you know, they're, you know, larger and, and, but it was the intimate setting uh, that kind of got, that they started with. And um, so I think this is a good, time and opportunity if we think about it and um, kind of uh, intentionally put a plan together that we can use this opportunity uh, for another way of outreach outside of the worship, but another way to reach people and to be able to uh, share, share the word even beyond just, you know, like Bible study. I mean, it's great that we're able to utilize the tool and to, you know, have Bible study uh, via phone. Um, But again, you know, um, in order to expand the audience and to be able to share what we're doing and to reach out, the question is, you know, now that we're at the boutique, how do we reach out? How do we share? How do we let people know uh, what we're doing? Who do we communicate this to? And what are we communicating? Um, I guess are some of my questions. Uh, And how do we grow?
0: So thoughts? Questions?
2: Anybody there? I'm thinking, I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay, I just thought,
3: I know my phone
2: acts crazy. I got a few minutes.
3: Okay, what do we do? Okay, I'm thinking. Are we allowed to um, um, door to door canvas in that area with flyers?
4: uh i'm not sure um okay i'm not sure if we're allowed to i don't know okay. even
5: yeah i don't think it's be because of like her location. location
4: it's not necessarily it's supposed to be retail so although we're there uh, i don't think we can really oh, publicize. we
3: can't we, we can't publicize it that way yeah. okay so that medium? Mm-hmm. so it'll have to be via what uh personal contacts
4: yeah, um, so it's um, like like, like said, the first time
3: that, that first... used to come, yeah, those that mm-hmm. came to 79th Street that we lost and those that lost in the transition to University Church, and then those right. that came, we can start, start, I guess, start there.
2: Right. Um, yeah, yeah okay. a word of mouth. I did yeah. my customer. I yeah, right. I
3: did hmm yeah right, so that,
2: that's what I
4: was saying I think you know with it being without having to really necessarily canvas uh right. the, the the setting that we have I think there's mm-hmm. a good opportunity of people that we minister to that mm-hmm. even would not be comfortable in a church setting but that right. we could share with them and that's why I was saying the theme kind of things work too maybe mm-hmm. because now we can say well we're we're doing a series or we're talking about this, would you, you know, and here's a flyer if you'd like to come out, um, you know, to share. It's just an intimate setting, and we're going to have lunch or we're going to have dinner or we're going to have snacks. And it's a social hour kind of thing. And to invite them to that and even then to say, but also on Sundays between this hour and this hour, we have a you know a a worship and we you know one of our ministers actually shares a word with us you know and that kind of thing so that then i think you know us being able to reach people that we may be minister to all the time this is a great opportunity for for them to be in this setting and then also at the same time say but we're also here on Sundays, between this hour and this hour, and we we have you know uh, a a worship or we fellowship we fellowship you know for a couple of hours on a Sunday. That that should be you know Eunice, and you can say that should be if we have a, a good hour, you know whatever set time an hour. It should not be too much of conflict with the bar next door, right? And with right. your landlord having any issues with us actually being there?
5: Right. I don't think it will be okay. a problem. Okay. I think the bottom Sunday is open to open until 12, but you know what? I, I, I'm there sometimes. I have music live, so I don't. you know, when I've come on
4: Sunday, there ain't nobody even outside. And I'm in the front, so I wasn't going to be a problem. Okay. Uh, you know, I just, you know... Uh, you know, I I figure that if we can be able to do it and not to any way, you know, jeopardize your relationship with your landlord. So that's that's what I was saying. No, I mean, they get loud, so
5: they're just thinking I'm just having a – because, you know, I told them sometimes, I say, sometimes I may have birthday parties, books so you won't know what it is. You hit
2: the okay. Like it. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. That's <laughs> a
4: social event I have on Sunday. <laughs> okay. I can we do a fashion I like, Yeah, I like the idea of people too. I haven't, the only person I really have a contact or connection with is, or think I still do is with Carol. Uh, so I don't, of the other people from 79th Street, I'm kind of disconnected from. I don't know why, quite where those cops
2: are. I but uh, he,
5: he moved, and ain't know his
4: cousin is Lamont, so I probably can still call Lamont and the boys. Okay. If they could come. Okay. Well, and it—I mean, this. Maybe we can do some kind of reunion, reunion kind of thing. So okay. that's, a,
3: that's a great idea.
4: Just as an event kind of thing, just uh-huh. do a reunion and then share with them that we are there on Sundays if they want to ever stop by, uh, or then whatever else we're doing, we're there. But maybe that's a good way to get everybody
2: back together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. i mean for Huh? It's like family and friends day.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um so I guess the thing is is that we wanna count then Sunday as our first official day. Okay. This coming Sunday.
3: Oh, that's our our I'm family. sorry. I, I won't be there this coming Sunday.
2: how yes, I was. Okay. But, uh, yeah, because it's Mother's
3: Day. You know how every year, you know, they want you wherever. I have to be. I have to go to church on the west side.
4: Okay. All right. Yeah. So you want to wait until the following Sunday?
3: We can. It's up to you guys. Yeah. That's yes, fine. Okay. Uh-huh.
2: Hello,
4: madam. Oh well. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so then that gives us then now a couple of, you know, a, a good week, a couple of weeks to mm-hmm. figure out what it looks like. So, you know, as far as do, you know, we keep our same uh, preaching schedule?
2: I'm happy to do changes the location.
4: Oh. Right, Okay. <laughs>
2: Uh, As far
4: as then the time? We're moving the timing up, right, like a couple of hours. (laughs) Okay. And then is there a Sunday school Bible study, something connected to that? Outside of the worship? Because I know we weren't doing that.
2: We haven't
3: done it in a long time, so do we wait until we do this reunion thing or we just basically just do like I mean, whomever shows up. If it's just the three of us again, or I mean, do we just we start having the um Sunday school again right away or
2: um Yeah, cause the sun's going to be like like we kind to do for the, for the
5: week, after a discussion. Mm-hmm. A team, then you go right into the word. I mean, the worship mm-hmm. service. So then you go into the actual, you know, service like we always
4: do. Mm-hmm. So, um, would we stop Mondays and just make that on Sunday morning?
2: And then you go have
5: people call in. How are
4: you going to do that part? No, I'm saying instead of having a Sunday, a Monday night Bible call, just do it on Sunday, do everything on Sunday, and not have a Monday night call.
2: Would that be too much? Uh, the Bible, you know, I don't the, the think the so. Study that we do a, the study that we do is
4: an, an hour. It could be done in 45 minutes to an hour. Wow. Okay. 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 So it would be our Bible study, Sunday school, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, and then, like you say, then go straight into worship. The worship. Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. And then I guess you know, as things go, maybe we, as we see things growing, that you know, whatever we if we need to add something during the week, mm-hmm. then we can maybe add something during the week. But I guess for right now, let's put everything on that Sunday morning.
1: Okay.
4: Okay, right, while
3: well, we transition into the the new okay. space. We'll get a seal. yeah. Okay,
4: so with that the time set then, what's the time, 10?
3: So should we move it to 10 or 10.30? We can do 10 or we can do, yeah, yeah 10 would be good, 10, at the latest. Right.
5: 1030 Your 1030, because the only thing is
3: with
5: DJ and Darlene, they don't have to take a, a service, and, you know, everybody takes a service, pays, you know, to pick them up. That's so how I go pick them oh. up. I got these 115, go all the way to 67 and pick them
2: oh.
5: up. They come back to the school. <laughs> so Wait, where do you know, they, they live? 67 and Stoney. I mean, 67 and East huh? End.
3: So I would actually be close enough. I'm close enough to pick them up.
2: Okay.
4: Because
3: I would have to go get them, and then we just come west
4: or western. Okay. okay. But I'm just saying, so 1030 is good, or should we say 11? 1045. 1045? <laughs> okay. Right. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, good. I know that with the studies that we're doing We could probably get it done in an hour.
5: Okay, so So let's say 10.30. We're going to do 45 minutes of of, um, study period, Sunday school whatever we want to call it. So that'll be from 10.30 to 11.15. Okay. Then 11.15 to 11.00 to 12.00 to 1.00. And then about 1.00, we're done.
2: Okay. Right? 'Cause you'll have
5: an hour and a half for
2: praise and worship and the message.
5: Yeah, yeah so then who we do now? One thirty to three, which is an hour and a half. So ten thirty to eleven fifteen and then eleven so we give people time to get up, and go to the bathroom. So eleven thirty to one.
2: Service. Praise I mean worship and word. Okay. Okay. I mean, what what do you guys think? I'm
4: just throwing out a suggestion. Do y'all prefer earlier or later? No, I definitely want earlier. That's fine. I mean, mean, Mm -hmm. anything earlier than what we were doing already. Right. Right. So, I mean, finishing at 1 o'clock compared to... Us getting started yeah, at one yeah. is a plus. Yeah. <laughs> so which leads, I mean, let that, that, I mean, that leads um, then some some options for us. You know, as we kind of, I I foresee as we kind of progress and grow and and people know we're there uh, and invite people out that, you know, we have. Like some snacks or some breakfast, some bagels, some something, right?
1: Um,
4: in the mornings, you know those mornings that were there. Um, something
2: we, we or something. Yeah. yeah,
4: yeah. I mean, we can do it. We can still do it for us. But I was just saying, you know, that we could, you know, have coffee because that's what we did. We had coffee and stuff. Right. Uh. Mhm. Oh. Okay. So we're we're kind of saying ten thirty to eleven well, fifteen. Okay. So and, for. Uh, I don't want to
2: do it. Huh? Is that good? Ten thirty, ten forty-five.
4: Yeah, I, I think it it'll be fine. Is you know, is uh just um uh, you know. Uh, getting everybody up a little bit earlier. So that's yeah. getting BJ, getting BJ, uh-huh. <laughs> getting BJ up a little bit earlier than been normal. So that's the only thing, right? You know, I, I know she gives up during school, so you know, kind of uh, planting that in her head. Uh-huh. Uh, that worship is in the morning now. Uh. So you got to get up, uh, so you can get there. Because that means, I mean, if Valerie's picking them up, that means she's coming. To, she's coming before ten thirty, right? But yeah, that's true. So she coming at least at ten. Right. <laughs> so, so that's the only thing. I mean, that you know, outside of that, I, I say let's work with that. As a start, and um, then we can, uh, and we can kind of, uh, if we need to tweak, we can. I, I like the idea of the reunion or family and friends. Maybe that's something we can talk about later, um, and uh, see if maybe we can set a date before the end of the year, um, and actually have a reunion or some kind of invite uh, to let everybody know where we're at now. Mm-hmm. So, yes?
3: I
5: think that's I think that'll work.
4: Yeah. Okay, so then uh, our first date then is going to be May 4th.
3: What is that, the uh, uh, 14th, the 15th? Seven days from yeah, from Sunday is the eighth, so it'll be the fifteenth. Okay. So May fifteenth
4: will be our first work. Okay. And uh who's on the who's on the list for the fifteenth?
3: It's actually uh, me. It would have been me, yeah. You mean for the Okay. Yeah, it's it's me that's next. So. Okay.
4: So then no, May 15th, you're on the list. <laughs> <laughs> no,
5: it's going to be, uh-uh. Last Sunday, we going to be, human. so no, we always do ETV, ETV.
3: Oh. Oh, so it's. If you want to do it next Sunday,
5: okay, so tomorrow, huh? <laughs> it would be, because I guess
3: free it would be tomorrow, then drive, but
5: If I want to go do the one first one, that's fine.
3: Oh, okay. It's up to you. So, what did we do yeah,
5: first? And then when I come back up, then we go back to the ETV. That's how I was keeping it. And I was keeping it straight. I about keeping
3: that according to the schedule it would be tomorrow next. Right.
5: But y'all can okay. switch. You can do the next. I mean, you could do it, and then she do the next one. And then when it's my turn, we go back to ETV.
2: Okay. Uh-huh. Okay, I so. Always,
5: uh, <laughs> It always makes sense.
2: to me. ETV, that's
4: how I always can remember. <laughs> hmm Okay. Okay, so May 15th, then it'll be Valerie, um, and then I'll continue doing
2: our Bible
4: study, whatever chapter we're on. I'll continue doing that, and so we'll do that also uh, on the 15th
2: okay. for our Sunday Bible mm-hmm.
5: Okay. 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 but then that whoever had it on the phone, or like, not even if she was listening, or she wasn't listening, now she'd be able to do it on hand because she's at the service. I mean, you know, at, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that should
2: okay. work. Okay, uh, so let me uh, – I'm going to
4: transition unless there's any other comments or anything else you need to say. I apologize. I should have prayed first. Mm. Um. Uh, uh, I uh, uh, a... Huh? I, I was question, I
5: looked up, oh, my God, do I do Okay. For
4: okay, so uh, let us pray. Um, And we'll do Bible class right now As we're going into it Heavenly Father we bless your holy name And thank you for this opportunity to worship you In spirit and in truth And even in this fellowship right now As we work and plan to do your will We pray God for your wisdom That you would guide us and direct us uh, Pray Lord God that you bring us together in unity That we speak the same thing Think the same thing See the same thing And hear the same thing That we would be led by the Holy Spirit to guide us and direct us that as we go forth uh, in your word that all would hear and know that you are God and there is none other. We thank you for this opportunity and this responsibility that you've given us. We pray that we're diligent in in what you've called us to do and pray that we would operate in our gifts that you've given us uh, to your glory. And that you would be magnified. So we thank you now as we go
2: further into
4: our study and understanding who you are and why you came. Uh we pray that you would even guide us now, uh, at this time in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Okay, praise the Lord. Uh I think in this uh part I forgot to turn the recording off, so our our meeting was all was also on the recording card call because I did oh, not turn the recording off. <laughs> so our meeting is on this call as well as uh then our Bible study, so uh, I won't do hang- it. I'll just I'm- I'll let it stay.
5: <laughs> I'm sorry. can we hang up and recall
4: you? No, I I'm gonna just let it roll on. We we'll be all right. <laughs> so so again, this is uh our Bible study, the Bridge Network, and we are uh glad and delighted that uh whoever listens to this call now is joining us uh for our Bible study on tonight. We are reading uh Bible study for life, like no like no other, the life of Christ by Tony Evans. And um our, we went through our first session and our first session uh we really uh, kind of did and talked about what the Bible says about uh Jesus and the promise that that came. We talked about promises and how God's promises are true, uh, and that he uh delivers his promises and the promise that he made to us that Jesus was the promised Messiah. And so we went through there, we talked about uh understanding uh promise and understanding God's promise to us as we went through Isaiah uh fifty three. Uh and so now on tonight we are actually in session number two, um, which is uh page fourteen and fifteen. And the uh title of it is A Birth Like No Other. Uh and the first question um that uh asked are you okay? Can you put you can you put
2: your phone on mute? I'm sorry. Okay, Um, so uh, question
4: number one is, how do you typically introduce yourself to someone new? That's question number one. Um, And it kind of opens up our conversation about what we're going to talk about in this session, a birth like none other, because we're talking about how Jesus was introduced to us, how the Bible introduces us and uh, introduces him. And so the question uh, that's asked on tonight is how do you typically introduce yourself to someone new? So I kind of want to talk about that even right now before we get into depth. Uh, How do you typically introduce yourself to someone new? For me, it's usually based upon um, uh, maybe the person or how I met the person. Uh, If it is someone, uh, if I'm in a a social setting, uh, and basically everybody in the room is new, and I don't know anyone. um, Based upon the purpose of me being there and why I'm there, Uh, if it's for business and um, it's to talk to people about grants or something like that, uh, I have always a business card at hand, um, and if I'm in the room and I'm kind of walking around and Networking, I might say, hi, my name is uh, Tamora Hughes, and I'm the owner or president of Tamora Hughes Consulting. I do grant writing, da-da-da-da-da. And I might then introduce myself based upon the the event or what I'm there for because then I introduce myself in my business. Uh, whereas if it's kind of more a casual setting, not necessarily related to business, and I'm just kind of socially networking, and I have to introduce myself, I might say, hi, my name's Tamora, you know, and kind of wait for somebody to say, you know, well, who are you, what are you, why are you, or uh, I might say, you know, uh, you know uh, this is a nice event, you know, what's your name, you know, and kind of open up the conversation. So it varies uh, on, of how I introduce myself. To someone new and I think it's a process of gauging, you know, uh, you know, uh, the and the purpose of the reason why I'm I'm making this introduction. So I want to kinda open it up, uh see if anybody has comments on maybe how you introduce typically introduce yourself to someone new.
5: This is uh, Mr Yunus that's such a funny question. I guess that's something you never actually think about. How do you introduce yourself? It just like it seems like you just
1: automatically
5: fall in. I guess with me personally now, especially in the business, it's a little easier because then I have a lead in, you know, may I help you? Is it like anything special? Uh, what do you like? So mine is more in the business for more of being able to uh, introduce myself as you say to be the owner, and then I pretty much kind of introduce myself as almost as if I'm their friend. So it's like, hi, how, how are you? So I do it more on a, on a more intimate basis, as if you like you, you're my girlfriend already. So I kind of open it up <clears throat> as far as that. In uh, the outside world, since it's been so long since I've actually been somewhere socially to meet anybody, <laughs> it's been so long. I, I really can't of how I actually introduce myself. And a lot of times I think in my case, other people have introduced me to somebody and then I just automatically start talking because I'm a talking person. Uh, I have that type of, I think, personality that I just start talking and before you know it, you always come up or you kind of, in the conversation, find things to engage each other with because of similarities. Um, Mm
2: -hmm.
5: So I think with me, it's based on the situation, the setting, uh, uh, and I think, like I said before, sometimes because other people are interested in because of a situation, and as I said, in the business world, I'm not necessarily forced, but it just automatically happens because of the setting that I'm in. Uh, I don't think I've met any new friends lately other than like people in the store, but other than uh, on a personal. I haven't met any new friends. It's pretty much like the friends that I have are friends, and if I meet any new friends, it's because of a friend that I already have that wants me to meet another friend. So that's for me. Okay.
3: All right. Um, So this is Minister Valerie, and I have to say, uh, like Minister Eunice, that first when you ask the question, it's like, well, how do I introduce myself because there's nothing I ever think about? Uh, but in, in having to consider it now, I'd say it depends really on the context of, of, of the meeting. And what I have noticed is that I rarely give my first and last name. I'll either say, hi, I'm Valerie, and I extend my hand to shake the hand, or I'll say, hi, I'm Miss or Mrs. Wilson. either or, but I never give my first and last name together.
5: Me but I always say Miss Eunice. <laughs> Wow, I, and that's both my name. I say right I'm,
1: I'm units way, You're right. I don't either.
4: Mm-hmm. And maybe and that, you know, later on, you could probably think about why you don't introduce your first and last. Exactly. Exactly. There may be a reason behind
5: it. I think I reason. I don't give my whole name because of the way the world is now, and how people uh, act. It's like you, you know. Because, you know, we live in a place now where people know your whole name and they want to Google you. and uh, Thank uh, you. Know you. I, and I saw somebody on a, a, something I've watched on TV, and the lady said, <laughs> I think it was one of the real housewives or something, and the lady said, you know, she Googled me. And they said, she said well, she's a she, she looked at your whole name so she know your whole history. So it's pretty much more of a privacy thing for me. Eunice, uh, you,
3: you have a point. That's a great yeah. point because. Even where I am now at Dawson, I'll never forget back when I started over there, what was it, the end of October, first of November, and the lady that I replaced, she wanted to give me the whole background on the lady that we're working with that tell me that she Googled her and she knew about her, her family, yada yada yada. And I don't I don't do stuff like that. And so I'm like, Okay, and then in the population that we're working with These people too are—they have access to computers. They're learning how to Google and use them. So you do not want somebody with a, you know, as they say, a checkered past, you know, finding out about you. So I think maybe that's why. Maybe you—you have a point. Maybe that's why I do it, you know. And I've been doing it, you know, subconsciously. But I never give my first and last name together. I don't do that. So maybe that's why. Thank you. Yes, that
4: must be it.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay,
4: Okay. so, I mean, and when you, you know, as we're talking about this study, you know, um, and how we introduce ourselves, also it's the relevance of what we're giving it. You know, sometimes, most, probably most of the time, the first and last name is not relevant, you know, with whoever you're talking to. Either your first name is good enough if it's casual enough, or your last name is good enough if it's more formal and so to have both names uh usually is not relevant until there is a relationship there. And then when there's a relationship then they get the full load. And um you know that might be also another, you know, reason unconsciously that uh how we introduce ourselves is again based upon the relevance of what the relationship's going to be and and what the intention of it is. And For our study tonight, uh, we're talking about Jesus, who's fully human and fully God, and how he was introduced to us. Uh, And so in our book, it says that the Bible meets life. It says that he could have been born in a castle, uh, seeing as he came as king, yet the babe in the barn arrived with little worldly notice to parents, both unknown and poor. No flowers, no nursemaid, not even the animals took much notice as they nestled in for the night. Heaven's heart had beat in the womb of a woman for for the previous nine months, if you could call her a woman. History records records her as a young teen, yet full of faith greater than the years she had known. Out of her came omnipotence omnipotent, non-cloaked in limitation. She nursed spirit, cloth, and skin. Her child was flesh, bones, new, and blood, yet he, also, he, yet he was also the perfection of the divine. He felt hunger because he was fully human, yet he would later feed 5,000 because he was fully God. He grew thirsty, because he was fully human, yet he would one day walk on the water because he was fully God. He was a birth like none other, like nothing else in history, for in him God was roved in humanity. And so as uh, Pastor Evans kind of script that, giving us the introduction of how Jesus himself was introduced to us, that he wasn't he didn't he wasn't introduced flamboyantly uh he didn't come in a robe although he was king and is king um he didn't come in any kind of flashy or uh, or glory but yet he was glory and so his introduction was very meek and even in fact uh pastor Evans says that the even the animals didn't take much notice uh, as they nestled in for the night because he was born in, in a in a, a in a place where the animals stayed and I, I won't even call it a barn but it was you know it, if you've ever read the history and read and looked at the actual uh sleeping arrangements of where uh he was he was actually uh in the home uh but it, the animals uh were normally uh on the lower levels and then the the um the families were on the upper levels and so he was in the the barn section uh, where all the animals stayed uh and you know that was the place that he was birthed and so he came in no 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 great glory Uh, into this earth, and he was introduced to us uh, as this babe that later on uh, the world would recognize him as Messiah. And so I had a question, and I thought about this before we even go further into Luke, uh, the first chapter, and the question is, and in thinking about this, you know, have you ever thought, of the question of of why did God uh need to come to the earth uh in such a manner? Why did he have to come to earth in a human form? Why couldn't um things be fixed? Uh why did he have to come do that come? And I, I've identified and I saw an article and I'm just gonna read some parts of it just to kind of generate even a conversation and i think it's a good conversation to have or at least to have something already in your spirit uh because people ask that question you know uh there is a a a controversy or a, a this this conversation that goes back uh across uh, religions uh about uh jesus and god and 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 Jesus being god and and all of that, and there are several religions that you know do not believe that jesus uh is god uh and the and some of that relates to them actually believing that God himself would come to earth in a human form so you know, when you think about it, the question is, and, and how do you answer that question or how do you address that question? Um, why did he come? Why, why did he do it in this way, in this manner? Um, and a lot of that is built uh, upon our, our statement of Christianity. Uh, even the question about, and, and when we look at the birth of Christ, what is Christmas? really all about, you know. Um and, and and as the as the world has uh defined it, you know, um now December, what is it, twenty fifth, uh is Christmas, you know, and this is the day of the celebration of the coming of Christ, which I've uh seen and studied that actually uh Christmas in the winter it was is not actually December, it's actually June. Uh, that they, uh, June or July, that they've identified that the birth of Christ. But I guess, you know, uh, in an earthly realm, you know, Christmas fits really good now. Uh, you got St. Nick running around. You got uh, the toys and all of that, you know. And so there's an industry that has been built upon this. But, um, and it and when you think about it, the question is, is it relevant or not? is actually not relevant as far as the days and that kind of thing is concerned. More of the relevance is really understanding the truth and understanding why God himself came in the form of of man uh, as a human form um, for a particular reason. And according to the Bible, uh, you know, and everything that we understand through Christianity is that it was because of man's rebellion that he, he man created a separation between God and us. And and you can see it in Isaiah 59 and 2, and we had talked about that and studied that uh, a couple of weeks ago, and where the, the scriptures actually identified the separation. Um, and separation meaning that there was a spiritual death that happened, the separation between man and God. If you if you go back and you read uh, Genesis and you begin the first chapter and you begin to see the creation uh, of of what God uh, did, uh, the 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 formation and the creation of man, and then the process of where man uh, by his own will. Uh, it separated himself from God through disobedience and then came spiritual death, uh, meaning that he was then completely separated from the light and the life of God. And with that separation, the Bible calls that separation disobedience of sin. Uh, and so that that means that in that disobedience, uh, what was supposed to happen was that man was to have a continually connected relationship a one-on-one you know if you think about it imagine you know prior to Christ there was except for a few exclusive chosen persons no one really had a a conversation with God, unless He specifically was was reaching or talking to them, there was always one in the gap to intercede uh If you look at Old Testament and you see the high priests, they were the ones that um were were chosen to intercede. Uh, They were the ones that would go into the temple. They were the ones that would go to take the uh, sacrifice and and plead for the sins of of man, um, you know, uh, on an an annual uh, basis. They were the ones that would stand in the gap because there was a separation between man and humanity and God. And so there were chosen ones that would go forth uh, to stand in the gap. Why? Because of the sin. Because the sin, uh, the man had missed the mark, and I, and I like what this this article says is that if you think about a a person that does archery, of uh, you know when they prepare, their their whole focus is to hit the target. Is it, is not to just be hitting the the born arrow and not they they have a target that they're trying to reach but if you if you don't reach it, then you've missed the mark and that that's what happened and that's what's happened happened with sin is that sin uh broke the relationship the intended relationship for us and 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 in that example, then man missed the mark man missed the mark because the mark was to have a continual intended relationship with god with no separation but in the disobedience then we were off mark meaning that we were not on target anymore and with sin brought eternal uh death spiritual spiritual death meaning that that communication that open communication with god uh was no longer and so there had to be a solution to it now some people might say you know uh you know didn't god know this before he made us you know uh that may be a question or why didn't he see that plan that that was doomed to fail you know uh all of these are questions you know and and the question is isn't god an all knowing god didn't he realize that you know that the sin and this rebellion would happen you know uh what happened uh, and those are questions that are beyond our thought process or our psyche, but also to understand that in the development of what God created, that He He created everything. We don't we don't, you know. There there are human um, theologians that go back and forth that say, you know, the seven days one and actually seven days it actually took. You know, we don't know if the actual creation happened instantly or did it happen in actual literally 7 days or did it you know theologians go back through this process even to the point does it matter <laughs> but to really look at an understanding that even after the sin there is an there is a a a a, a a relevance or a revelation to let us know that God actually knew that man was sin. Because uh, it is the conversation between uh, God, Adam, and, and the serpent. Satan was right there. And he let the serpent know that there will be one that will come and there will be one that will destroy you. And he he let the serpent know that. He let the adversary know that in the garden with Adam, which means that God had already knew that he would then come in the form of man to come to defeat, uh, the adversary and, and to defeat Satan. And so as we, we, you know, look at now our study and we're talking about God, Jesus as uh fully human and fully God and understanding that, uh, God came to the earth in human form, um, and even more incredible, he came in human form, but also he came to die, that he came to die. Why? He came to die so that that separation, that spiritual death would be no longer. He came just as in the Old Testament, We see one to be chosen, which they usually call the high priest, to be chosen to be the one that would go in to intercede for everyone else. But God fixed it that he himself, without sin, would come in human form and now be that high priest, now be that one that would come in and stand in the gap forevermore to be able to come in in human form and sacrifice human form because it was human form that messed up. Um, When we look at Old Testament and really understanding why God himself would come in human form as Jesus, um, we have to understand that the sacrifices, even the sacrifices that they made, Man has been, in Old Testament, you'll see man giving sacrifice of the first lamb, giving sacrifice of something that was pure, that is clean, that they sacrifice animals. And really understanding that although that was a temporary sacrifice, knowing that there would be a season and a time that there would be a human sacrifice, to also understand that although this was a process that God had set up for man to Uh, now have a form of seeking forgiveness of the sins that they had committed um, in replace of that, uh, that spiritual death and that spiritual sin that had been committed, that this process was not good enough. Only for the simple fact that the animals that were being sacrificed were not human. The only thing that could be in exchange for the human sin would be for a human sacrifice that was unblemished. And anybody that is born of man automatically had a blemish. So that's how we can see, and, and this is great to be able to then also to explain to to others when they try to understand this process that you have to have an even exchange. If you don't give an even exchange, you won't get You won't get, you won't get, somebody's going to get shortchanged or it's not going to work, is there has to be an even exchange process that human sin, so there has to be human sacrifice. If it had been an animal that sin, then great, a lamb or whatever would have been a great sacrifice to give, but because it was the sin of man, it was the sin of Adam and Eve uh, that brought the separation from god it would then in exchange have to be a sacrifice of the same form in order for that that exchange uh, of spiritual death to be removed in exchange for one that was suitable suitable to stand in the and the only one suitable is god himself because he's without sin so now we see here and we can understand then why Christ himself comes, that God himself comes in the form of a, a, a human to be uh, sacrificed, to, 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 be, to come, to be born, uh, to be upon the earth, and then later to be sacrificed as a, just as a lamb uh, for mankind. So what does the Bible say? We're looking at Luke chapter 1 verses 26 to 35, and it, it says, "In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came to her and said, Rejoice, favored woman, the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by the statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will call his name jesus he will be great and will be called the son of the most high and the lord god will give him the throne of his father david he will reign over the house of jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end Mary asked the angel, how can this be since I have not been intimate with a man? And the angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Amen. So, here we see that the verses come to us and share with us how Jesus comes in fully human uh in a uh, fully human form it says in verses 26 and 27 that in the sixth month uh if you in uh, Luke uh, chapter 1 24 through 25 the verses uh, it says that um that in her sixth month Mary's sixth month uh I mean in the sixth month of Elizabeth her cousin's pregnancy God honored his messenger Gabriel with the task of announcing the Messiah's conception um and that Galilee, Galilee where they were was the north northernmost part of the Holy Land, and Nazareth was located about 70 miles northeast of Jerusalem and was viewed as an insignificant village. Here we see a setting showing us that he would not come in any kind of grand, grander or shape or fashion, that in fact he would be born in a very insignificant place. An insignificant village is almost like you... Saying he wasn't born in Chicago, but he was born in the smallest of the suburb that that has a name that nobody else knows about. Um, and and in fact, I was thinking about there was a a few years ago uh, there was a, a a storm that hit some part of Illinois, and I'm trying to think of the name of it now. Uh, it was and it was a really bad storm. I think it was last year or year before last. But when they announced the, the the little city, I was thinking that's an Illinois. I had never heard of the place before. That um, it was very insignificant to me. I didn't even know that 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 place existed. But in the same light, we see and we we begin to understand that uh, you know when you think about it you'd think that God did this intentionally, that he didn't want to come, you know, in any kind of grandeur, that he came uh, in in a time that was very chaotic. Uh, there was a lot of, if you read your history and understand your history, there was a lot of things going on um, that uh, this place uh, in Jerusalem uh, was viewed as a very insignificant village, uh, Nazareth, a uh, very insignificant place and village, uh, and that there was no big, big thing. Uh, and for him to to come uh, and to be born uh, in a place like this, but yet he to be the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords uh, to come in a very uh, in a very uh, kind of small uh, setting like this. Uh, but yet, then, when people even announced that he was he was born and, and came out of this place, it was like, what good thing, you know, comes out of Nazareth, <laughs> you know, that even that tagline to recognize and to understand that he came, uh, and and people not really understanding who he was uh, because of the way he came. But the significance in, in recognizing that he came not for the the glamour, he didn't come for the limelight. Uh, he came so that he had a a purpose and, and a sole reason for his coming. And from the, from the very beginning of his birth all the way to the death and the resurrection, there was a purpose uh, for that, and it was not to for his name. Uh, as Jesus to be glorified, but to come as Jesus to be the son of God, to, be, to come to be the servant, to be sacrificed for mankind and to bring the word of God to those uh, that had been spiritually uh, disconnected and were in a spiritual death. And through him that now man has the opportunity to live again, through him, and so we we see even as the scriptures talk about even Mary looking at herself and saying, "Me, you know," and and how how is this supposed to happen? You know, I, I haven't been with Joseph. I, I, you know, she was just engaged. Um, uh, she was unmarried, uh, was spiritually pure, but you know, she herself questions, "How can this be?" Uh, if I haven't been with man, and, and Gabriel shares with her and lets her know that you've been chosen, that you've been favored, uh, that God has called upon you, that you are uh, uh, the emphasis of a favored woman, that she was a woman of grace, and that the Holy Spirit uh, would overshadow her, and that the Lord would be uh, in, within her presence, and that he would endow her, would her life uh, to then carry uh, the Son of God. And so uh, we, we kind of recognize and we kind of see then that Jesus uh, comes uh, not in any significant way, uh, but Jesus comes uh, and he is the plan for the salvation uh, of of God's people. Um, I'm going to open it up. Any questions up to this point, And then I'm going to read a, a few more um, uh, stanzas.
5: Uh, I just want to make the note that you would, I think w- we being the people that we are and how we are, we, I think God did it that way because he wanted to come, not the way we would have envisioned him to come. He had to come. It's almost like a surprise. It's like if you know something's going, it's like going to a party. That you're going to a party, you know what's and You know exactly what to wear, Oh, you're gonna put on your after five and all of that. But I think in, in in the way that God did it, He had to come humble and meek in the form that we are, so that we wouldn't, you know, because we would have had Him coming uh, uh, on, on clouds. So with the way we expected, He came in a total opposite, but to show us that even in my lowest or Letting us know that even in, in our lowest place, that He still delivers and sets free. That no matter what you go through, because you know we always think that you got to be up high. So I, I, I like the way He did come as a baby. That He did come in the least expected place. Nobody would have looked for Him where He was born. That mm-hmm. you would be surprised, and that's how God is. He says, "I'm not gonna come the way you want Me to come. But I'm gonna come in a way that you gonna know that it was Me. Because if I let you do it." or decide how gonna be done. We would did it, in, like you said, in grand in grand uh, view. But he needed people to know that even, uh, you know, like you said, we we'll always be the poor among you. I, I, I believe that he did that way so that we would not think more highly of ourselves, that we would not think that it, everything has to be done. He starts at the, at the low level. He starts at the bottom. And so that when he did it in the low on the way that he did it, so that when he came out and ended up being the king, it's like going from the pit to the palace. And if you think about any story he's told, these people started off with nothing, and and God began to move, and He began to progress. Then it became something that he's like only God could have done that. So even with his birth, he uh I mean, we can only say it was God that that did this. It was only, I mean, He used a, a young girl; She couldn't used anybody. But mm-hmm. I like the way everything He did was in details, and everything that He uh, uh, made it so that we. Even now, when we look back at it, we can kind of understand how it was done and that we can see the miracles and, and, and the things that he did that would show us how, how our life's supposed to be. You, when he you was referring back to how um, back then they made sacrifices how he came as, as the ultimate sacrifice, even when you think now, when we think about even Illuminati, they do sacrifice, and it's a human sacrifice. They're not doing animals either. Mm-hmm. So – It's like it almost repeats itself. So he had to come in that form, in that fashion, just to prove to us, I'm gonna I, I be here, but you got to see me not in in, in 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 high and lifted up. You got to see me in the low places because I'm gonna start at the bottom and I'm gonna work my way up. And so that's how our life is. We we're not, not a lot of us are born with silver spoons, and the ones who will, will actually say I was born with a silver spoon, if you trace it all the way back, the person that started. Didn't start off with a, a silver spoon. They worked their way. They progressed to the person finally saying at the 6th, 7th, 8th generation, oh, she was born with a golden spoon because of that other person. But the other person had to start at the bottom too. So everything God does, he starts at the lowest point. And then he progresses you up so that you can see, so that you can say, there are steps, there are things that you have to do to progress to that way. So he came as that, that little small baby. He could, like you said, could have came in human form, could have came as an adult. Just showed up on the scene. But he needed us to see how he walked through being a normal child from from the mother's womb, from from just an unwedded mother at the time. So I I like the way he he introduced himself to us so that we can see even in comparison today and then.
4: Amen. And actually, uh, that was you kind of – you answered or gave uh, an answer to question number two. Which is since Jesus existed before time, why is why is it significant that he came as a baby? <laughs> and so you kind of explained it. Um, you know, I also believe that, you know, when you think about a child uh, coming into the world uh the child comes uh, very innocently very pure and if you also look at the old testament and you understand the process of sacrifice that they just didn't get an old lamb or an old goat <laughs> they actually got a a newborn uh and the reason and the significance is that is that they represented uh innocence they represented purity. That a baby represents innocence, purity, dependency. Uh, a, a baby uh, is 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 considered the the most uh, you know in human form without sin. Uh, you know, as far as the acts of sin, and so when you think about that as well, that yes, Jesus could have came, and he could have came in any kind of form or fashion, but the the symbolism you we have to look at of him coming as a baby, coming into the earth, that he came through a process. And I and I've heard this preached before that even him coming as a baby, that he came through a process of a birth canal. Uh, the process of the human birth canal to extinguish then the separation spiritually, so that then when he came out, he would come out born uh holy uh and pure, so that then he would be a hundred percent pure sacrifice um from uh being the child through human human uh process born so that he would be the pure sacrifice just as a lamb would be and uh so you know that was the question on tonight i don't know if, uh minister valley you wanted to comment on that but the question was why is it significant that he came as a baby um you know in that process uh even luke in the first chapter uh 26 to 31 also, shares the process of how he came and how Luke himself even um, gave very uh, emphasis on that she was a virgin uh, so that there would be no mistake uh, or uh, confusion about who his daddy was. Uh, so that he would know who baby daddy is, that, that there would be no confusion. Uh, and so the significance that even God himself chose Mary, a virgin that was without, uh, had not had any relations at all, that her birth canal would be pure, would be holy, uh, so that then there would be no tainting, there would be no no or process would be a pure process going through the birth canal to be born then uh, uh, as the 100% pure sacrifice, because that was the ultimate goal is that he would be born so that he would be sacrificed for the sins, uh, for the sin of the world. Amen. Praise God. Uh, Any other comments? I don't have anything else
3: to add on that because, I mean, you both explained it
4: wonderfully,
3: so I don't have anything
4: to add there. Okay. Amen. Um, The other question, and then I'll close it out for tonight, uh, question number three says, what are the differences between living in a democracy and living under Jesus as a sovereign ruler and i'm going to read uh, luke uh the the outline that they have here uh to give more clarity about this question uh and they give reverent uh rev uh, relation to luke chapter 1 verses 32 and 33 uh and uh, pastor Evans, uh kind of puts this this uh statement in here and he says as a pastor i get to perform my fair share of weddings and one of my favorite experiences is praying with the bride and her bridesmaids before the ceremony and after the wedding comes the reception which is a party where people gather together with plenty of good food and festive music to congratulate the newlyweds and celebrate their union weddings are wonderful as followers of jesus christ We're all going to attend a special wedding one day. When the marriage of the Lamb comes, Christ's bride will be ready. We, the church, will wear wedding garments that are called the righteous acts of the saints. And we see that in Revelations 19 and 8. The marriage Supper of Jesus Christ, we see in Revelations 19, 6, and 7, will be a real celebration too because Jesus wasn't born simply to take away the sins of the world, although that surely is more than enough to celebrate it by itself. But Jesus was born to reign as Messiah and King forever. Isaiah told us that the Messiah's kingdom is one that will never end and we see that in Isaiah 9 and 7 gabriel made mary aware of the unique role jesus would play in history and for all eternity jesus reigns now in history and he will also reign in the ultimate glory of eternity jesus has already established the rules of his reign he has set the tone through his life In his kingdom, neither race nor gender nor wealth nor social status determines our place with him. We see that in Galatians 3 and 28. But instead, Jesus gives strength to those who look to him for strength. Forgiveness triumphs bitterness, and the amount of of money you have doesn't matter. What matters is the heart. The baby born of a virgin came not only to live but to die but to reign. Through Jesus, God has set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed nor abandoned. His kingdom and reign will last forever. Amen. So the question is, what are the differences between living in a democracy and living under Jesus as Savior and ruler. Well, I know for a fact that living in a democracy is living in a world that has rules, that change, that has put uh, the rich before the poor, that uh, rules based upon how they feel that has no standards, that has no morals, that has judgments uh, that are set based upon what they declare to be true, compared to living under Jesus as sovereign ruler, we know that God is true, that Jesus is real, that he loves and he does not destroy, but he came to sacrifice his life so that we would have eternal life and that He, his love is everlasting and his love is pure and it is unchanging compared to a de- democratic, a democracy world, a place where one day it's one thing and the next day it's the next thing and one day it's uh, stabbing you in the back and the next day it's hugging you knowing that Jesus as sovereign ruler will never change and that he is always 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 fair. Amen. That to me is the difference between living in a democracy compared to living under Jesus as sovereign ruler. Amen. Mm-hmm. Any comments?
3: Living in a democracy is a place that, like you said it, too, that basically judges you uh, people on their socioeconomic status, whereas under uh, Jesus as a sovereign ruler, as the Bible states, he's no respecter of persons. So it doesn't matter the socioeconomic status. I mean, as long as we acknowledge who he is, he came, then we get to share um, in eternity with him.
5: Amen. I will sum up the same way in four words. The difference is eternal death or eternal life. <laughs> That's that simple.
4: Amen. Praise God. And just and one more thing. I got an article today uh, which was very astounding um, because of just the stuff that I read about nonprofits profits. And um, there was an article that was just released a couple of weeks ago for uh, nonprofit organizations announcing that three of the biggest foundations were gathering together to create uh, some kind of $30 million fund um, to support nonprofit organizations called uh, beyond Chicago or something like that, where they would give the opportunity for those nonprofits that are struggling uh, with trying to find financing, those that have been cut off of, of financing through the state and whatever, that they would have an opportunity now to be able to go after these dollars that they're going to make available. But the catch is is that the dollars is a loan,
2: <laughs>
4: that these nonprofit dollars that people that have contributed to these organizations, they're now doing like the bank does, that gets the federal dollars, converts it into a loan, you have to apply for the loan, you get the loan, but then you have to pay the money back. (laughs) So they're taking free money, converting it, making it into a loan, so that then you apply for the loan from the free money, and then you have to give the money back.
5: Amazing
4: what is going on. <laughs> Again, it is a democrat democracy a world that is makes the rich richer and makes the poor poorer and there is no fairness at all in the game. Uh and that there is always uh the upper hand will all, is always the ones uh that feel that they are ruling. But we know we know that God shall reign in the end and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is lord amen <laughs> praise god uh we thank god for this opportunity um to be able to share and even with this recording we pray that uh this recording will be a blessing to someone that may hear it uh later on um and and praying that even the conversation that we're having uh, that God would bless it, and that it would move, uh, and that it would move someone's heart, maybe to have the question about why God came in human form, that why uh, God came as Jesus, and this symbolism of understanding why Jesus came, even in the beginning. Um, so we're uh, we're praying that even. Uh, the words on tonight have been inspiring, or will be inspiring. Uh, knowing that um, that this is not for naught; that that there everything has a purpose, and even the purpose of us having these studies, and the be the purpose of even having these recordings, that is significant and is important in the history of time. Uh, that even maybe when we pass on, that somebody will pull up these archives and hear this message and need to know Jesus, and that they will hear. That word of God and be converted uh, and 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 be changed. So we just thank God that uh, we stay in His will and we do as He has called us to. Amen. Uh, is there no other
5: comments? Amen. See anybody, Valerie? Uh, I wish you a happy and wonderful Mother's Day.
2: Thank you. It's so much to you too as well. Enjoy.
5: Okay. And,
4: and so, Let us pray. God, we thank you uh, for this opportunity again to worship you in spirit and in truth in in this call and in the study. We thank you for being with us uh, as you have carried us over the years. Thank you, God, that you connected us, that you bonded us together to do your work and to do your will. We pray, God, that as we continue to move forward, that we would continue to run and not be weary, that we would continue, Lord God, to run this race And we thank you, God, for what you shared on our hearts on tonight. We pray that it will be a seed that will be planted in our spirit and that you will continue to grow it, that you will continue to explain to us, to talk to us of your purpose and your will. And we pray, Lord God, blessings for each and every family represented on this call on tonight. We pray blessings, Lord God, that you would uh, begin to multiply and increase in each and every family in all kinds of ways. You know the needs. uh, You know the prayers. And we just give you all praise, glory, and honor in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. This has been Minister T Mm -hmm. and Minister Valerie and Minister Eunice. We thank you so much for uh, being on this call with us on tonight. And happy Mother's Day, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Amen.
2: Good night. Amen. Good night.
0: 18- plus.